we're blessed to have you participate in Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. Today we'll be talking about being a soul shepherd. Jesus affirms you as the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That means we're to bring God flavors and God colors to the people around us. Let's talk about how to do that in our conversations and leadership. Spirit of Jesus, we pray you'd guide this soul talk to make it fruitful. Thousands of people are tuning in, but we ask you to make it personal for each listener and their relationship with God. Amen. Hi, Soul Talk friends. We are so grateful to be in community with you, and we want to give a call out to David and Gina Larson at New Life Christian Center, a large church in Central California. And David and Gina, we're so looking forward to seeing you, being with you here again in February for our Soul Shepherding Institute. We just love the example that you are, such a great example for pastors and uh, couples, the way that you are committed to your own growth and coming to a place where you're opening yourself up to receive from the Lord and then joining in with the spiritual direction training at the Soul Shepherding Institute and continuing to grow and learn in ministry. This is so great. And it's such a privilege and blessing for us to journey with you and others of you too who are interested in and joining us this winter as we start our, our next cohort at the Soul Shepherding Institute. And Jean is a great example of what we talked about last week with women in leadership. She is, in yeah. In addition to being a pastor's wife, being the executive director of a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. and serving the Lord full time. Yeah, so respect her for that. Yeah. We also heard from a friend of ours in Chicago, Aaron Damiani, and he he says, uh, empathy in relationships is becoming more difficult due to technology, social media, uh, and pornography. And we're using mediated connections through the internet to replace the natural joys and skills of friendship, family, and engaging with people face-to-face. Aaron's been doing a series of sermons on this, and it's really fits what we want to talk about today in the way of spiritual direction relationships and the increasing difficulty that we have in our world to make space and uh, put our attention and energy into organic relationships that are voice-to-voice, face-to-face, and we're actually connecting with people and we're having soul talks, which is what our podcast is about, is stirring up these conversations in every areas of life conversations that are prayerful and authentic and filled with empathy and meaningful and encouraging us in our discipleship to Jesus and in our service of God as leaders in whatever role we serve the Lord, whether it's as pastors or parents uh, in the marketplace, in the church, uh, in a small group, uh, in a nonprofit organization, many different ways that we serve the Lord. And we want to bring soul talks into that it's really important, Bill. Scientists, you know, are researching this and how this affects the brain, and they're seeing the effects that it has. It's real, and then, of course, sociologists and psychologists see it too. And you and I see it. We we saw it just recently with it with someone in a. We were in a friend's home, and we saw the the Lord provided an opportunity for us to have a, a soul talk with a member there, but. That wasn't the first place that this person went for getting getting her needs met, looking for what she wanted. Yeah, this is a young adult and having some questions about a lot of things in life. 
and uh, appropriate things for her age and stage of life. Sure, ranging from faith to sexuality to um, relationships and uh, doubts and emotions and uh, experiencing God's presence and think, things like this that are and important things she for was all raised of us. to believe, being challenged by teachers mm-hmm. and peers. Yeah. Yeah, and so naturally she did what most of us do, and, and she went to the internet with questions, and because we can get a lot of uh, learning through articles that we read and uh, uh, videos on YouTube that we watch and so forth, and uh, and what a different world it is, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, just twice when we were with people this weekend, we did that looking for instructions for a game we were playing sure. for them and looking up, you know, what banana blossoms were in this Thai food dish, yeah. we were, you know, at a Thai restaurant. And so we, we are so trained to constantly looking to the Internet for information. But the problem comes when we're looking to the Internet to try to replace what we used to get and what's healthy to get from a person in a, in a relationship. Yeah, because we can take it into this uh, anonymous sort of space that it's mm-hmm. focused on the, on the information and it's disconnected from actual relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and th- th- even the innocuous things like social media, which it can be a way, for, of course, for us to keep up with friends and family. And, and it's not a bad thing. There's a lot of good things about that. But it, it potentially, like, like Aaron, um, our pastor friend in Chicago, is saying and, and preaching on it, it's replacing relationships. And we're getting these, these adrenaline hits from, well, who, who's my friend today and what, what's so-and-so doing? And it's exposing us to just incredible temptations to comparison and competition and image management and envy. And we're getting this sense of sort of a pseudo-intimacy through the Internet both in what we share and people responding and then are looking into other people's lives. And, but it's not, it's not the same as being in person. No, in fact, it's really dangerous because on social media, the temptation to present a false self that we hide behind is, is really terrible. In fact, a friend of mine and I were talking about that some of the people that we're working with in spiritual direction or in life, mentoring in church, we're seeing the cost of this to them and the anxiety they feel and the self-hatred, you know, that comes from that comparison and that trying to keep up and that trying to measure up and then that valuing of the false self they're presenting it where nobody really knows what they're really feeling and what's really going on inside of them and they feel like they can't, they don't have a place to bring that because people are pressing in around this false self that they're presenting. And so it, it does, I think it needs to be said that the, the social media connections, if they foster true relationship, they're a good thing. But if they are a substitute, that's where it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, in my Bible reading, I was reading in Acts chapter 8 the other day, and it gives a great story of spiritual direction and sort of the the healthy, uh, the emotionally, relationally, spiritually healthy way of engaging in uh, conversation and interaction. And it tells the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, Philip was in prayer, and the, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him to, to go south uh, down the desert road. And he did, and then the Lord directed him to walk right alongside a uh, carriage where the Ethiopian eunuch happened. Philip didn't know this, but he was reading from Isaiah 53. And so because Philip was, was in prayer and worshiping the Lord and listening to God, 
And then because he noticed this driver in the carriage and had love in his heart for him and felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit, who said to him, go over and walk beside that carriage. And see, that's the kind of thing that we want to be doing in soul friendships and in spiritual direction is we, we come alongside somebody, you see. And uh, so Philip runs over and he hears the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And so Philip did a, a great thing here that a good spiritual director or soul shepherd does and he asked a question. He didn't launch into a sermon. He asks him, do you understand what you are reading? And the, uh, the man replied, well, how can I when there's no one to instruct me? And, and he begged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. You see, there's relationship and yeah. intimacy and there's, there's uh, rapport and empathy that's forming here as they're drawing closer together. And so then they begin having conversation about Isaiah 53 and about other scriptures and uh, Luke in, in Acts chapter 8 here, he doesn't give us all the details of what's going on, but we can be sure that Philip is is not just preaching an hour-long sermon here, but this mm-hmm. actually is a soul talk. Yes. And he's he's listening to the man, he's drawing drawing him out, mm-hmm. and and they're discussing these different scriptures and relating them to, to the man's life. And so uh, we, we, we know this is the case because the man is so... Motivated and so appreciative of the conversation with Philip, and then he asks Philip to, to baptize him uh, in in the water and in the Holy Spirit, which is, a, of course, a, a rite of passage for being just totally immersed in God's presence now and for and forever. And so it was a, a tremendous, uh, great victory for the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God. This spiritual direction conversation that happened right there in the carriage, and it came out of. Philip's prayers and uh, love. Well, I love that he was ready for it when the opportunity arose because he was in an interactional relationship with the Lord and he learned to listen to his voice and he learned to move with the prompting of his spirits. And that's part of what we learn in this learning of the spiritual direction of learning to listen to somebody else while we're still listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we did that last night as we were in a friend's home, as you were saying, and we heard this conversation going on in a, a different, um, a couple different groupings, and uh, this other grouping, there was a conversation going on, and both of us sensed that the, the Lord was, this was an important conversation mm-hmm. that was happening yeah. and that we could be helpful, and so we began to pray mm-hmm. for the... Silently. Silently. Well, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, cued each other into mm-hmm. what was going on, mm-hmm. and we were in tune with that and trusting the Lord to really use the, the, that other conversation was happening for this young woman. Mm-hmm. And it was on my heart to, to participate in that, but I didn't want to intrude. And then uh, a little later, the Lord provided for the opportunity, and I was asked to join into that conversation. And so spontaneously, I had about an hour and a half spiritual direction conversation with uh, someone that would have never sought a spiritual director no. or even a counselor, really. Wouldn't even know that that is, exists or have had a vision or knowledge of that possibility. Because I think her experience of the Christian church probably was more being told what to believe, mm-hmm. not listened to and drawn out and interacted with the wrestlings and the confusions and the struggle and just being told what to believe was actually making her confused. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, her experience of church hasn't 
yet really met her need very well. She's gotten good Bible teaching and built friendships and things that have been helpful for her. And uh, But uh, really, other than her, her parents, she doesn't really have anyone to really talk to about this. And it's very deep questions and feelings she's having about her faith. And it's very difficult to be in the public school system mm-hmm. in high school and the things that are being taught. And, you know, we experience this with our own kids that some of the I mean, there are there are probably public school teachers listening to us now who are followers of Jesus, and thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, so wow, important. what a ministry you have. It's mm-hmm. so important. Um, but uh, there are other teachers who, uh, it's probably not most teachers, but there are some who are really uh, opposed to mm-hmm. Christian faith and uh, even religion in general, and they're just they're just not friendly. To faith, and so they use their their sort of knowledge and intellect and uh, advanced age to to really bully some of these kids mm-hmm. and belittle them. It, yeah, usually not explicitly, but implicitly in ways that that is very difficult for these mm-hmm. Christian teenagers to sort of speak up and say, "Well, this is what I believe," because there's the whole almost the whole class is over there on the other side of the of the debate. And is laughing at them, and the, the teacher is is pushing that sort of an agenda and bringing in uh, videos that, and things from the news that are just mocking of Christian people. And so it's very very difficult to mm-hmm. be a young person with faith in Jesus mm-hmm. these days. It really is. And so she she had a lot of questions, and you know she really needed to be listened to. So I drew her out. I, I asked some questions about. Her experience, and she's she's wanting to feel more of God's presence, but is having difficulty with that, and none just doesn't understand that emotions sort of come and go, and sometimes we feel God's presence, and sometimes we don't, and uh, doesn't understand that well. There's a reality in God and in God's presence, regardless of whether or not we feel that, and. Uh, that's a matter of trust, and that's you know that's where she's wrestling. And what I know is that for her or for anyone to feel God's presence, to experience God, to have a, an, an inner knowing of God's love is very much intertwined with our experience of that sort of a, of a presence and a, a care in a human relationship. That's so important, Bill, and that's what you were bringing there. I was really grateful because it would have been very easy, and I I imagine even tempting for you as I was overhearing bits and pieces of this, for you to step into telling her what she should believe and why and get into wanting to debate on this issue that was you know, kind of the trigger issue for her because you have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge in that, that the people that have her ear don't have that you probably wanted to really bring and offer. And, and you, you really could have gotten caught up with her. She had gone online to listen to a debate between um, the two sides. And yet in that debate, the person that was representing the Christians wasn't actually... Um, aware of the things you've experienced and known and knowledge and wasn't maybe bringing the grace side as well. Maybe it was representing the truth side a little heavy. And and it wasn't resonating with being loving to the people on the other side who she's in relationship with. And so I think the fact that you were able to stay out of that, pushing an agenda maybe or certain beliefs, and instead entering into really 
loving her and drawing her out enabled you you to move in step with the Holy Spirit to actually get to some core issues that weren't even related to this subject, the trigger subject, but that were really deep within her heart and soul that she needed to have a safe space to be able to get aware of and to be able to express and to be able to invite and open to God's love there and presence there. Yeah, well, because of my training in therapy and spiritual direction, I knew better than to just sort of lecture her. Uh, However, I am really a teacher Mm -hmm. in my personality and my abilities, even before being a therapist and spiritual director. So it was certainly very tempting for me to just teach her. She's asking questions about things that I've spent a lot of time studying and learning and many hours helping people with. Uh, But no, I resisted that and kept asking her questions. At the same time, though, she didn't feel safe at first. So I couldn't just dive right into my therapist mode and say, well, how do you feel about that? And even though I knew that there was some tenderness behind this and some personal things behind it, it's like, I didn't want to overwhelm her. So I wanted to just kind of start where she was with her questions and then make some comments about ways to think about it and and not go too long. And then say, well, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. What other questions do you have? And we went back and forth like that a bunch of times. And then slowly she was warming up. And of course I was doing this with the spirit of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, shooting up little prayers Yes, it was going on. And then we, we got to a place where her feelings began to come out and she was becoming tearful. And so I made space for that. And then I had implicit permission to go deeper. And so I said, well, tell me more what you're feeling there. And, and so she, yeah, she was verbalizing things that she's been pushing down and she didn't know the language of emotions and how to describe that. And so what at the beginning appeared like purely like intellectual, theological, Bible-type questions mm-hmm. was, and I knew this to be the case because it almost always is, that actually there was underneath that there was personal questions, experiential, emotional questions, and that that part needed to come out, and that was really the key. And so then as she was feeling listened to and was having an experience and learning how to bring out those the emotions, the sadness, and well, I don't feel God's presence, and well, I pray about this, and I, I, don't, I don't hear anything, and how would I hear God's voice, and it doesn't seem like God's answering my prayer, and I don't understand how, how God could let somebody um, be this way in, in their sexual orientation, and did God make people that way, but this is my friend, and you know, many questions, she had feelings like this, but I, I care for this friend and, and I don't want them to be, to be judged. And she's trying to reconcile these things. And, you know, I, of course, I just keep bringing her back to Jesus and his compassion uh, along with uh, understanding her, her feelings. And so this, this was a spiritual direction conversation that happened very spontaneously and organically. Well, you said that it was your training that helped you with this, to be able to offer this spontaneously, but it was also your experience, experience of receiving spiritual direction, experience of receiving soul talks and spiritual friendship, because it's only as we receive and experience somebody listening and offering us this kind of grace and being a conduit of the Holy Spirit and helping us get in touch with our emotions beyond, you know, underneath the, the question and the issue we're wrestling with, you know, that's so key too. And so we emphasize that in our spiritual direction training and soul shepherding is that it's a part of the requirement 
that our students are receiving spiritual yeah. instruction and experiencing that. Our listeners, uh, you might not know that we have a online spiritual direction training program, which um, we guide people through a whole process of uh, online classes in spiritual direction and soul shepherding ministry, and we uh, mentor you in receiving spiritual direction and applying that into your relationship with the Lord and your ministry, and also in the ministry of giving soul friendship and spiritual direction to other people, maybe to a friend, to somebody you're discipling, someone in a small group or in your church or in your ministry, and learning the the soul shepherding way of accompanying someone, like Philip accompanied the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 in a way that was conversational and gracious and filled with empathy and not just like giving somebody lessons or something, but, but actually engaging the heart and the soul. And that's what our students have really appreciated in the way that we do this in soul shepherding, that it's not so clinical or professional, that it's, it's very organic and soul friendship oriented. And what we're really after is the kind of conversation that I had with this young woman Mm -hmm. that, that, like you said, she's not going to consult with a professional mm-hmm. spiritual director, but in the context of her 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 life and her community, she she would have a conversation, mm-hmm. and and that was very much um, meeting her need and the Lord using that to sort of open her up and rethink things and feel things differently. And so now I think that something is uh, there's a new pathway for her that can begin to develop a new, new, deeper way of engaging in conversation and seeking understanding and empathy and being listened to. And, and, and she had a, a, a visceral experience that, okay, that's connected to her relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It, it's, not, it's not some separate thing, but they, they go together. And that was God listening to me, God caring for me, and God has compassion for me. Jesus, we are so grateful that you listen to us, that you have mm-hmm. compassion for us and that you modeled this for us in your life here on earth and scripture and through your people and that you're continuing to work Holy Spirit through your people today and that we get to be those people that get to move and step with your spirit, that get to listen to you and to our our neighbors in love and let them have a safe space to really get in touch with what's going on in the core of their souls and bring that into your your grace, your truth, your light. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to move us in responsiveness to your spirit, to cooperate with you, to be ambassadors of you, soul shepherds after your heart, the people that you've placed near us. We pray all this, Lord, for your glory and your love. Amen. Soul Shepherding offers a spiritual direction training program which features monthly online classes, receiving and giving spiritual direction, and participating in a supervision group. We have students from around the world who are learning how to facilitate soul talks for people to cultivate their intimacy with Jesus in an emotionally healthy relationship. This training in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction is a special track in our Soul Shepherding Institute for men and women in ministry. We start a new cohort the first week of February. To learn more, contact us at soulshepherding.org.